We have the pleasure to have today with us our guest, Prof. Christian Chabanon. He's a well-known hematologist in France. And with him, we're going to be learning about the economic challenges and obstacles raised by CAR-T treatments. But first, Prof. Chabanon, could you please introduce yourself? So my name is Christian Chabanon, or Christian Chabanon, whether you wanted to say it uh, French way or English way. I'm a French hematologist. I work at the Institut Paolical Med Comprehensive Cancer Center uh, in Marseille, that's in the southeastern district of France. I'm also working at Aix-Marseille University. I have a long-standing interest in uh, therapeutic innovations in the field of hematology and oncology starting with hematopoietic cell transplantation, but now on with uh, hematopoietic cellular therapies in a broader sense and in CAR T cells. And I've been a member of EIA and EBMT for many years and active in several committees. My first question is, how much does CAR T treatment cost at the moment? And what are the developments that could allow this cost to be reduced in the future? Well, the cost of CAR T cells and more broadly of advanced therapy medicinal products is high. As an example, the cost of an individual CAR T cells ranges somewhere between 350,000 euros to more than 450,000 euros. And on top of that, you have to add the costs of inpatient an outpatient stay, which makes it a really, really expensive treatment. There are some ad other advanced therapy medicinal products that are even more expensive if you think of the treatment for globin disorders that was developed by a company called Bloomberg Bio. The price tag in Europe was in the range of a million six hundred and fifty thousand euros. And because of reimbursement issues that led to the product being withdrawn from the European market so that patients do not have access to these treatments. In fact, if you look back at 2007, the year when the first version of the regulation on advanced therapy medicinal products was released, most of the products that were brought to the market are commercial failures in part because of their very high uh, price tag. And maybe, maybe the CAR T-cells cell, uh, will be the first commercial success. Uh, but remember that the first ones were approved in Europe in the summer of 2018. So we have less than five years experience in total in Europe. So it's very difficult to evaluate and predict how the pricing will go. Um, CAR T cells are not the only expensive medicinal products on the market. If you, if you consider the cumulative cost of treatment for a patient with multiple myeloma, let me give, give you this example, with so-called conventional drugs, this is also extremely expensive. So the, the, the question at the moment is whether CAR T cells and other advanced therapy medicinal products are indeed one-shot treatments that cure a significant fraction of the targeted patients and then justify the very high costs 
uh, associated with the medicinal product. One way to potentially decrease the costs would be to move away from the current organization where the CAR T cells are centrally manufactured by a pharma company. The cells are collected at the hospital. They are shipped to the manufacturing facility, very often uh, several thousand miles away from the treating hospital. The drug is manufactured and shipped back to the treating hospital. An alternative organization may be point-of-care manufacturing, where nearby facilities operated either by academia or by, if I can say so, joint ventures between academia and the private sector, could locally manufacture small batches, and that would probably cut down the price of the medicinal product by two to three, maybe fourfold. The most advanced experience in the field is probably in Spain. Uh, that started with the uh, Barcelona, Barcelona group that developed several autologous CAR T cells targeting various tumor antigens, including the CD19 antigens that can be used to treat lymphoid malignancies. And from there on, they established a network of Spanish centers that are in a position to locally manufacture this product that to some extent is very similar to Tizacel or Axicel that are manufactured by the industry. And those point-of-care manufactured products show quite similar efficacy and safety profiles to the commercial drugs manufactured by the industry. And the cost is probably in the range of $100,000, 100,000 euros or less. So probably about one third of the cost of a commercial product. That said, this scheme raises a lot of regulatory issues, organi organizational issues, financial issues, and it remains to be seen whether it can be expanded to other European countries. But that, that's for sure one way to explore. So even in the best scenarios, CAR-T is still an expensive treatment. How do you think we can manage the cost burden and the limited resources to reach more patients? It's very, very difficult to predict, actually. It's a very difficult question. Of course, very relevant questions, especially in these times of financial constraints. And if we you know, take a broad view, not only from a healthcare professional perspective, but from a global perspective. All the money that we invest into these treatments, we don't invest that money in other areas for our societies, such as education, you know, um, lack of autonomy in uh, elderly people, and, and so on. And I can multiply uh, examples. Facts are that European patients, at least in Western European countries, do have access to CAR T cells. And at the moment, the financial limitations are quite low, I would say. The limitations find their origins rather in the organization of the healthcare system and how centers refer their patients to tertiary centers that are in a position to safely deliver CAR T cell treatments. And there are some 
counter incentives in the organization of the healthcare system that differ from one country to another, but may, in a significant fraction of, pa uh, of patients, delay or cancel the possibility to access CAR T cells. Now, if you look at Europe, you know, from a gradient perspective, looking from West to East Europe, Eastern Europe, you can see that the, 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 the fraction of patients who get treated with CAR T cells tend to decrease, probably indicating that the level of income of, of, of gross domestic product is in relation to access to CAR T cells. And we know that this is the case for all the treatments. If you think at um, hematopoietic cell transplantation, we know that on a global scale and even on a European scale, there is no equal access to uh, stem cell transplantation. And it really depends where you live and how you get insured by a public system, by a private system. So very likely CAR T cells are the same. The global burden, how can our countries cope with the global burden is not only a matter of looking at CAR T cells, again, we need to have a global view. All the new treatments are expensive, extremely expensive. And if you think of the cost of manufacturing, in fact, this is relevant for CAR T cells because the manufacturing process is so specific. We make one product for one patient and we make the product whenever the patient needs it. This is not off the shelf. These are not off the shelf medicinal products. For other types of drugs, the cost of manufacturing is only a minor part of the price. Indeed, what drives the raising costs of innovative drugs are the costs of research and development. So we have to think globally on how can we as a society reduce the costs of research and development while still ensuring the safety of patients who accept to participate in clinical trials and provide access to those clinical trials on an equal basis. So in your view, what is the impact of initiatives such as T2Evolve and GoCart on the economic aspects of CAR T treatment? I think those initiatives are interesting because they all aim at bringing together all the stakeholders. So who are the stakeholders in the field? Patients, of course, patients, families, caregivers, advocates, associations, healthcare professionals, not only physicians, nurses, pharmacists, all categories of healthcare professionals, either working in hospital or outside hospitals. We have healthcare authorities, their goal is to ensure safety of treatments that are approved on the European market. HTA, healthcare technology assessment agencies, they want to know of the actual medical value of these new treatments in real world conditions. Remember that clinical trials always select subpopulations of patients. You know, you have all those inclusion criteria, exclusion criteria, which basically will drive out of the clinical trial some specific subpopulations. Very often, as an example, hepatitis-positive patients, HIV-positive patients, the oldest patients will be excluded from participating in clinical trials. And I'm 
for sure do mention pediatric patients who do represent a very specific subpopulations. Pharma companies are also important stakeholders. So all of those people, we need to get around the table and try to find the appropriate solutions to both facilitate access to these treatments on an individual basis and at the same time make the global burden sustainable for our aging societies. This is not an easy task. And the first step would be actually to bring together all those different uh, initiatives, make sure that there is no redundancy, that we can actually share the same data, work on the same data, enrich the data set with different types of information, not only survival, you know, it's nice to survive, but it's even better to survive in good conditions. And if you talk to patients' associations, more and more they bring forward the importance of quality of life. So these are information we need to capture. We don't do it so well at the moment. There is a need for improved capture of information on these aspects. So again, to get to your, to get back to your original question, EBMT, GoCarty Coalition, EHA, T2 Evolve, IMSAVAR, many other uh, initiatives, we need to create a forum where these different initiatives and, and their uh, investigators talk together to try to speed up the process that will allow us to reach a consensus. What do you think will be the impact on CAR-T treatment of the recent Health Technology Assessment, HTA, regulation from Europe? I think it is, it is extremely important. Why? The approval, the marketing approval is provided by uh, EMA, by the European Medicines Agency. So this is a centralized process for many years now. So a drug can be approved by EMA, but then the negotiation for payments and reimbursement are conducted mostly at the national levels through, again, what you mentioned, HTA, Health Technology Assessment Agencies. And the goal of these agencies is to measure the actual value of the new medicinal product in view of the existing portfolio of therapeutic options and also in view of the strength of the data that are provided by the uh, marketing authorization holder, by the pharma company. So how was the registration st study conducted or where the registration studies conducted? How many patients were included? In which country? How diverse was the population? Was there a comparator arm? Was it a good comparator arm? Were the statistics acceptable? And so on. So methodological issues, and again, an evaluation of the medical values that takes place in a global environment. So it's very different if you already have many options to treat a given disease, or if you are in a situation where there is definitely an unmet need and no real therapeutic uh, option. And the criteria to accept a new treatment will be different in these two extreme situations. But the point is that because the evaluation is at the national level, there is obviously some heterogeneity. And you know, this is Europe. We love Europe because of its diversity. And at the same time, that makes our daily life miserable. 
because we know that the German, the French, not to speak of the British, but they are still, you know, working with us, they will behave differently. So definitely we need an harmonization at the European level on this much important issue because we are talking of patient outcomes there. And the European uh, Commission is conducting a review not only of the HTA uh, regulation, but of other aspects they are considering to revise the cells and tissue directives that will be turned very likely into a regulation dealing with substances of human origin or so that will affect our practice of getting cells, using these cells for cell transplant or transferring those cells to the industry to manufacture CAR T cells or other medicinal products. So this is very important that the uh, academic community is represented and talks to um, EU legislators and the pharma regulation is also going to be revised including a disposition that we call the hospital exemption and the hospital exemption is critical in making possible point-of-care manufacturing of ATMPs including CAR T-cells so this is extremely important that we have our voice at the European community earned so that we can um, make suggestions to the legislators to let opportunities to alternatively produce CAR T-cells and possibly lower the cost, which, which brings me back to your very first question. And finally, do you have any advice for hematologists to help them improve the future of CAR T-therapies? Yeah, don't work in silos. You are obviously training a healthcare professional is a lengthy and complex process. My recommendation since I was a trainee, I think we need to be aware that we practice medicine in a global society. So that's not only a matter of technology, that's a matter of caring for individuals, but also contributing to make the global system sustainable. So we need to know a little bit of what's going on in the regulatory field. Uh, what does it mean to manufacture a drug? What does it mean to test a new drug in a well-conducted trial and so on? And be aware that our decisions impact not only on individual patients, but they do impact globally on the course of our society.